Hello. My name is Stephen Platt. Thank you very much for downloading this episode of the Cinema Catch-Up Club. For more information about this and other projects, please visit www.thoughtjarproductions.com. That's www.thoughtjarproductions.com. We can also be found at Thoughtjar Productions on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Be sure to subscribe to this program on iTunes and on Spotify, and please tell your friends about this show. And now, for this week's episode... Hello everybody, and welcome to the Cinema Catch-Up Club. My name is Stephen Platt, and thank you very much for downloading this episode. This week, we are going to be reviewing the 1979 science fiction horror classic, Alien. (laughs) Who's in the room with me? What's in the vents? Why, it's my guests. Uh, Sitting on my left and providing the da-da-da's is uh, Tegan Mulvaney. Uh, Tegan, welcome to the show. Hi, Tegan Mulvaney. Mulvaney, excellent. (laughs) Sorry, I always get that wrong. Do we want to start again? No, no, no. No, no, no. That's fine. This is important for everyone at home to know because they'll read the name and they'll go, oh, Mulvaney, but then it's obviously... Mulvaney. Sorry, so... Keeps uh, it fresh, keeps it new. Okay, so uh, Tegan Mulvaney... Hi. Uh, as our person who has seen the film, can you just uh, let the people at home know a little bit about yourself? Well, hello, my name is Tegan Mulvaney. Uh, I am a puppeteer and improvisational comedian. I know, wacky, huh? Mm. Um, I do have boring normal jobs as well, but they're not as fun to talk about on podcasts, so we're going to stick with that. Excellent. And uh, joining us uh, on, on my right uh, is uh, our person who has not seen the Alien film. It's Mr. Jason Dolly. Jason, welcome. Uh, welcome. Thank you. Thank Did, you. Did I get your surname you right? You did get my surname right, but you've been practicing for a very long time. <laughs> yes, well, we have known each other about nine years Nine, ten point. years yeah. or something at this so point, yeah. I think I'd have got it by now. Uh, just yeah. tell the people at home a little bit about yourself. Uh, um, I am a um, outreach officer at Murdoch University in Humanities, so working with uh, a whole bunch of people there, um, doing things in drama and business and law and a lot of other things. And yes, uh, despite the fact that I'm a huge science fiction person, I've never actually seen any of the alien films apart from prometheus mm-hmm. uh and alien versus predator oh, right that's such a good film oh uh, it was it i don't remember anything about it really <laughs> apart from like finding a coke bottle in an archaeological dig at the beginning oh, that's right and the predator like adopting a human girl and kind of giving her things that's about the end of it yeah now the, just briefly jumping to alien versus predator mm. that 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 had that was set in the year 2004 i believe or it, oh, it was, around that time yeah, yeah. Because, mid mid 2000 2010 because i just remember the only thing i remember because I, I haven't seen that film the only thing i i remember hearing about that film is some friends of mine went and saw that film and the date that they were the film was set was the date they saw the film so they got <laughs> really freaked out by it and That's i believe it was awesome. 2004 so yeah anyway uh, so uh, alien is where it all began uh, for the alien and indeed sort of for the predator there's a lot of uh, shared design team people and things like yes. that uh, so uh, yes alien uh, received critical acclaim and box office success won one academy award for best visual effects and also a saturn award for best science fiction film best direction for director sir ridley scott and best supporting actor for veronica cartwright so uh, obviously it won a few awards which is really great uh, in 2002 the film was deemed culturally historically or aesthetically significant by the Library of Congress, and was selected for preservation in the United States National Film Registry. So uh, it's it's one of those films that is deemed important and mm. a classic. Uh, and if you are a subscriber to Empire Magazine, they ranked it as the thirty third greatest film of all time. So you know, considering how many films there are, <laughs> that's not bad. So I agree with that, though. I think it because it, it did it paved the way for lots of other sci fi. Mm. It was really. Intriguing. I mean, um, um, it was made five years before I was born, but watching it now, you go, no, there's there's still a lot of integrity to it when you watch it now. Excellent. Mm. Yeah, it, certainly. And obviously, yeah, you know, you look at the cast list, and at the time, mm. a few of them were relatively unknown. Obviously, Sigourney Weaver, this was her breakout mm. role, basically. Uh, but all, Cartwright and yeah, and uh, John Hurt obviously was introduced to American yes. audiences. Uh, what about, about Harry Dean Stanton? Had he been? What have you been doing? Harry Dean Stanton, I think he and uh, Tom Skerritt would have probably been more known. Um, I, 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 but yeah, I think uh, Harry Dean Stanton, let me just... Done a little bit more, hadn't yeah. they? 
Yes, um, I'm just consulting my uh, Harry Dean Stanton uh, app here for all the Harry Dean Stanton news that you need. Uh, well, he, he'd been in uh, Cool Hand Luke ah. and The Godfather Part Two. Oh yes, of course. so yes, uh, of course. he he was probably one of the most well known. And Tom Skerritt <laughs> uh, had also appeared in the film version of Mash. Uh, that was kind of his That's big true. thing as well. So you know, they had a couple of people that were sort of known. Uh, but yeah, it was a lot of a, a lot of actors that would become famous probably because of being an alien. Mm. Um, so uh, let's start with you, Jason, as you haven't seen the film, yep. uh, but you have seen some of these subsequent films. What do you know about the original Alien? Okay, this is a good question. Um... From memory, and this is probably wrong because I've not seen any Alien, Alien 2. Like, for instance, when you were listing all those actors, I'm like, what about Ron Perlman? What about Bill Paxton? Mm. Um, And I'm like, are they in the other Alien films? Mm. Yeah, they're a bit lighter. I guess with knowing everything you know about Aliens being kind of space horror, um, there's a lot of turnover in cast very quickly because everybody's got to get, you know, murdered. Mm. Uh, Long story short. So, um, yeah, I know the John Hurt alien scene Yes, um, is a big thing. I know they're, are they on a moon in the solar system? I think, I can't remember, maybe I'm not, yeah, don't, don't spoil it for me. Mm-hmm. You can spoil it for me in like an hour or so, or two hours. Two but, hours, yeah. We'll, yeah, well, then we can, we'll, we'll be talking back about it then. Indeed. Um, I know that, um, yeah, everything else, I kind of sit there going, I think that's something from the other ones, like um, the yellow forklift suit as well that's and that's not that's this not alien. this one no that's um, that's aliens isn't yeah. it yeah, yeah in the vents as well is something else that i kind of know about the thing is with alien and with a lot of films it it's become part of almost like literally in a sense pop culture dna in terms of there are these strings that will always be there and they're always referenced whether it's like the simpsons where um the um, Bart's dogs trapped in the vents at school, and Willie goes in, and it's just this copy of the alien thing. Yeah. Like it just moves past. You, I, you know that's alien because it's almost, as I said, literally DNA that's become part of pop culture. So, those are the kind of the parts that I can pull out without going too far. Also, the dead huge guy in the chair. I think is that in this one as well. Yes, that's is, that's is it. Space one. jockey. Space jockey. Mm. Engineer yes. in Prometheus, which I have seen. Mm. Although apparently they've gotten a lot shorter in Prometheus and they're quite bigger in Alien from yeah, what the, someone the, told the, me. The space jockey is a, is a decent size. So mm. yes, and uh, Tegan, having obviously seen this film before, uh, how long has it been since you've seen the original Alien? It's probably been a few, maybe five years. Right. Um, this is what I was, when I was getting excited about doing this last night, I was actually realising that um, aliens and Alien have melded into my brain together. Mm. Like I was like, yeah, Paul Reiser. I was like, no, hang on a sec. I had to. I was like, IMDb. He's not. He's in Aliens. He's the bad guy in Aliens. I was like, oh yeah, that's that's cool. Um, but I do remember things like um, I remember Veronica Cartwright, mm-hmm. and I remember them um, how the face huggers get on board. Um, have, have those vivid memories of them heading out and like the um, this uh, the uh, environment design, how yeah. like stark and bleak it was. It's quite fascinating. Um, And those are the things I remember. I think my memories are mainly in comparison between Alien and Aliens because Aliens is so action-packed. And I saw that before I saw Alien. Alien. Um, I also saw Spaceballs before I saw Alien. uh, Obviously, John Hurt is in that. John Hurt is in that, yeah. So so I knew a a lot about that from Spaceballs, uh, (laughs) which uh, if we we should do that movie as well. Okay, Spaceballs. Spaceballs. Yep, we'll add it to the list. Uh, Um, How long is this list now? It's about... It's about 250 films just based on uh, lots of people's suggestions and indeed the suggestions of you at home. Uh, If you would like (laughs) to make suggestions, uh, please uh, find us on uh, Facebook. Just search for the Cinema Catch-Up Club uh, podcast and you can make suggestions there. There. I think our most recent suggestion is Gremlins. Yes. Somebody posted. So oh, Gremlins wonderful. is Corey on the list. Feldman. I haven't actually seen that. There we go. So yeah, Gremlins is on there. And if you'd like to make suggestions or indeed just leave us a review or whatever, then please visit there. But uh, for now, I think it might be time to go watch the film. Let's do All right, it. Let's crack out right. the popcorn. So ladies and gentlemen. We get popcorn? Uh, we'll talk about that afterwards. Uh, but yes, <laughs> ladies. better get popcorn. I actually don't like popcorn. <laughs> I do. Let's review it. Okay. (laughs) Well, ladies and gentlemen, um, if you are ready at home, then please pop in your Alien DVDs and pause the podcast as we prepare to review Ridley Scott's 1979 classic, Alien. Dun, dun, dun. Thank you very much. Just recapping from... Excellent. No, no, that's your job. That's what we're after.
Hey everybody, welcome back to the show, and we've just finished watching Alien. I'm rejoined by Tegan. Hello. And by Jason. Hello. And yes, we've just finished watching Alien, so initial thoughts, guys. Uh, Jason, we'll start with you, because that was your first time seeing it. Uh, yeah. What do you think? It was um, It was good. I, um, I did quite like it. I think... Um, yeah, no, it was good. It, since I had seen Prometheus, I started to see a lot of the very similar... I don't want to say DNA because it's all about aliens and stuff mm. like that, but there's a very similar kind of level to it um, with uh, exploring the new planet, the company being evil, robot being evil and experimenting on people. or Well, it, it Prometheus experiments on them to try and cause the alien mm. more than in this one. He's just basically, you know, using him as fuel to the fire to keep the alien alive while he gets it back. Right. Um, it's... It had its, um, yeah, no, I think it was good. And it was very much what I kind of expected as well mm. with that level of, I mean, I know what a Ridley Scott film tends to be um, through watching things like The Martian, Gladiator, all the other things that he's done, which is a lot when you really think about it. And a lot in space mm. as well. He's very big, um, big fan of space, obviously. So it, it, sat, it sat well with me. And I think it was very much... Like like we were saying before, we can see where all the funny, not funny, but all the other bits of um, jokes about things like Spaceballs. Spaceballs came up while we were watching yeah. it a few times <laughs> because of the chess bursar. And was John Hurt in Spaceballs? Yeah. Yes, he, yes, he plays he that same character again, yeah. basically. <laughs> uh, Tegan, uh, obviously that, that's your uh, rewatch. Yeah. Uh, how did you feel rewatching the film? It was interesting because I realised about halfway through that I'd seen the director's cut. Um, which isn't, I don't think it's actually too much longer. It's only about no, five, what, yeah. Ten, yeah, it, five it, ten minutes longer. Yeah, this, we, we were watching the original cinematic release uh, for those playing along at home. And um, <laughs> Sorry if you just wasted two hours watching the director's <laughs> cut. But yeah. Uh, but yes, the, um, but yeah, the director's cut, which um, they re-released when Ridley Scott basically found a whole bunch of the footage just lying around in boxes in his attic, basically. Or it was, it was that sort of equivalent where they found yeah. some footage. And he went, oh, I'll do a director's cut then. Um, but he very much still sees the cinematic release as being the definitive version. Um, but they remove some of the scenes from the original and replace them with different scenes yeah. uh, for the director's mm-hmm. cut. Um, but it's still mostly the the same there's no big the same it's not like a blade runner change no nothing which is interesting because i've watched um we're talking about this before the martian which is recent probably the last Ridley scott film uh Uh, he did prometheus then he did the martian and now he's doing alien covenant yes um i've watched the extended edition of that i i am a huge fan of the martian i've read the book Mm. i kind of uh, yeah followed it from there so it was always an amazing story but the changes that he made between that and the original i honestly can only think of two scenes that have changed mm. and one's just adding in a bit of a funny joke where um because he's having to um poop outside for a while which you know on Mars is hard he actually keeps hiding it under rocks and writing a note saying sorry mm. for whoever finds it <laughs> um which is a good joke and there's another bit with Catherine Wig and uh Legia for kind of talking a bit more to expand that she's meant to be a weird badass angry right. character okay so cool. that's all I can I can see as there being any of the changes with it. So maybe Ridley Scott does direct his things in terms of he just changes a few things. Yeah. Not like Yeah, it didn't affect it just occurred to me but it didn't affect my enjoyment of the film and I couldn't mm. even pinpoint what what it was. There were just things that se- seemed like I either hadn't seen them before or I felt like I was I was like, "Oh, but didn't this thing come after this thing?" Mm. Um I uh, was quite impressed by uh, Veronica Cartwright's hair yeah, <laughs> yes. more there's than some, anything else. Yeah, I mean, shocking the, there's hair. There's some shocking hair in this. I mean, even Sigourney Weaver's do, mm. to an extent, is a bit... Mm. Uh, and it, John Hurt had a, like a proto-mullet as yeah. well, which I, I mean, I can't talk about because my hair's getting a bit long too. <laughs> yeah, but there, there wasn't a good haircut in sight in this film. Um, you know, Harry Dean Stoughton had the... You know, he had the, the hat on. He had a hat on. He had the good civility yeah. to just... <laughs> Wear a hat. Um, yeah, so they wouldn't, Even win, they was... wouldn't win the hair and makeup Oscar, really, would they? No, no, no that was Suicide Squad. Yes, but um, <laughs> yeah, it was it was interesting. So obviously, we've taken notes as we've gone, and it, mm. I think it's also going to be interesting to look at this film because obviously, with the new Alien film coming out very mm. soon, uh, Alien uh, Covenant. Covenant. Yeah, yeah. I think it'll be interesting as that comes out. Now, it, with people, will obviously be going back and looking at films like this one and Aliens and others in the franchise, mm. where the 
where, where the story and where the sort of general idea has progressed over what is you know a 35 year period yeah. at this point or sorry more than that yeah. almost 40 years at this point so gosh um, that's weird when you think of that isn't it mm, it's fascinating just a little bit but yeah it's 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 yeah, it's it's interesting. So we've we've been taking notes. Um, one of the first notes that uh, Jason and I have written down is Mister Fusion. Um, yes, um, <laughs> there is a quick shot at the beginning. I'm a mad Back to the Future fan, and there's quite clearly what looks a bit like a Mister Fusion there as well. Being um, in Back to the Future Two, he's basically put this what turns out to be a household appliance in the future, mm. which is you feed all your scraps into it, and it basically does cold or hot fusion to it. And causes energy, so that's how he starts running the <clears throat> the DeLorean in mm. that. So the Mystery Fusion that was just a little bit. Oh, of fun. that's what it's called. Yes, I, that's why we kept then saying Mystery Fusion when he rocks up and you know he goes, "We've got a good okay." Yes, yeah. so yeah, yeah. where he suddenly goes, it. "I need fuel," and he's picking. Yeah, up and all he's the getting all the rubbish out of the bin. The weirder part, the weirdest part, the always part that made me laugh. I mean, I watched Back to the Future maybe a little too early. I think I was seven or eight when I first watched it. Mm. Is how he picks up all the rubbish and he picks up the can full of half full of beer and it holds the um holds the beer in it pours the beer in and then just throws the can in anyway it's like mm. we've just done all that yeah <laughs> yeah so it was interesting um I, 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 I so the film starts we have our characters all being woken up from mm. uh, deep sleep and obviously the first thing they all do is they go and have a, a big breakfast full of like tupperware cereal and mm. all sorts of things yeah. um and every not all of them but pretty much everyone uh, is smoking around the table which is a very 1970s thing to be doing Um, it's meant to show coolness and relatability and calmness exactly but yeah and it was now it's just like like, but isn't your aren't you highly flammable like isn't everything highly flammable well it doesn't seem so because they throw flames around there oh that's true and everything seems seems to shoot like steam at the very least Mm. that's true it's yeah maybe that's a a bad ship yeah might be a bit ridiculous that i was confused yeah. by the smoking but not by the flamethrower that was yeah. quite yeah. prevalent <laughs> yeah well we know that Science. we know that smoking's bad now in the future they yeah. we haven't worked out that uh, flamethrowers are bad yet yeah, yeah. well in, in high oxygen environments yeah, yeah exactly and i was um I said oh, yeah, that was, that's at right. this point um from memory um there is a bit of a issue with the idea of what actually constitutes the environment up in space when you send up the americans um, I believe it's either the Americans or the Soviets. One used to go up with a normal atmosphere, so essentially that seventy percent nitrogen, twenty something percent um, oxygen. Mm. However, the, re- the remainder carbon dioxide. Yeah, um, that kind of mix. While the others used to go up with a hundred percent oxygen, um, which wasn't a problem for a very long time. Um, no, well, yeah, there wasn't too many explosions in terms of being a bit of an issue. But then when they started to work together. They wanted to dock um, two of their ships together and they had this big problem of if you do that, they're going to explode because mm. the sudden yeah. huge influx of... Of oxygen. Of, of probably more than nitrogen oh, the okay. oxygen as mm. well was going to cause an issue. So they had to design a separate unit that would actually meet between the two so they could meet that machine and then cause the kind of the very slow change because if they just released it, it they'd was explode. Be an issue. Yeah. yeah, I don't know if it was going to explode or if it just wasn't going to work. It, it's space; they're probably going to it explode, explode that, or implode. That's, or... that's what we've learned. There's a plode somewhere, and yeah. it's going to happen. So that's the way it <laughs> yeah. is. Um, but yeah, that that initial scene, um, it was kind of interesting because um, you you get a sense that you know even though they've come out of this uh, this deep sleep, they sort of pick back up where they're from you know they've mm. got a lot of like pre-existing relationships mm. like um and their rooms are still the same their rooms like, are still they've the same. got the eggs still on the wall yeah oh um, god yeah the the later in the film there's a <laughs> when ripley gets thrown on the bed by ash and there's one of the one of the boys i'm going to presume uh I think his, it was parker's yeah his his uh bed it's got about 10 pictures of like topless ladies and then right at the top of it just a picture of like a cooked breakfast with yeah, like of four eggs, eggs. and no, no 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 sausages or bacon or anything else it's just eggs yeah. he just wants eggs i guess you yeah. can't have eggs in space yeah. yeah don't know why not they seem to have salad yeah, they yeah. had everything else <laughs> yeah. in space. that's what i wrote Cigarettes. that down i wrote that down for the no the, eggs in space the stomach popping scene i was like where'd you get all that food from yeah like, they probably I mean, a lot they, of it looked like fresh salad yeah, yeah. It, you know maybe they got a really good fridge in in the maybe or space is a fridge space is a fridge maybe they just <laughs> had it hanging out in a basket and they just <laughs> wheel it back in but yeah just the just the combination of eggs and the naked ladies and boobs was, yeah it was very very funny mm. um, what did you write you wrote boobs and eggs uh, i i wrote uh b- boobs and eggs yeah. i wrote eggs and titties yeah so, 
I didn't write that down, actually. Um, <laughs> well, it was obviously a very crucial point of the film. I wrote, so. I wrote home head scene. I think mm. that it shows where our priorities are. <laughs> yeah. Where you've put boobs first mm. and then eggs, and mm. I've put eggs first and then titties. Well, and mine was Ian Home. Yeah, yours was Ian Home. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're a homosexual. I'm a homo. Yeah. <laughs> uh, homo. So, even, he, let's talk about Ian Home, actually, because he, mm. he has probably the most interesting character. In it, in, and in the film, in- due to the fact that I'd already heard bits, he comes out, and I'm like, "Why is the robot in the um, in the stasis pods? Like, he doesn't need to be there. Why is yeah. he hooked up? Like, he had um, yeah, he heart had monitoring patches yeah. on himself as well. Um, those things were obviously lying. Yeah, because in Prometheus, um, the first four minutes is everybody else asleep, and it's just the robot trying to entertain himself. He's literally at one point he is." Because it's a big ship, he's riding around on a bicycle, throwing a basketball at a hoop yeah. because he's just so bored. Yeah, waiting for everybody to wake up. Mm. Yeah, so. but obviously coming into it, it with with no knowledge of the film, like everyone that went and saw it in 1979, um, it's it's revealed two thirds of the way through that Ash Ian Holmes' character is actually an android, a, a, mm. a combination of organic and synthetic material, and he's there on and behalf. Milk. Yeah, and milk, a Lots lot of, of milk. milk. Um, yeah, and he's there on behalf of the uh, the the company to make sure that the uh, the xenomorph or any extraterrestrial life that is found is brought, brought. back. Um, and according to Ian Holm, because uh, as always, we've done the IMDb trivia troll. Um, <laughs> Ash's head contains spaghetti, cheap caviar, and onion rings. They were the, they are the key ingredients to making an astro- mm. uh, 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 yeah an android. It's just so. a scene. They had like fiber this... octopus cables as well mm. in there. It's just a scene where this. Like spaghetti just falls out of his head. He's like, "That's that looks tasty. It's like a carbonara in there." Yeah, so yeah, it was... <laughs> watered down carbonara. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so um, obviously, um, th- this film is is stands out for a number of reasons. Uh, one of the reasons, arguably the key reason, is the creature design of yes. the actual xenomorph, which is obviously uh, H.R. Geiger's uh, baby. Uh, H.R. Geiger. <laughs> Don't I, use that word. <laughs> well, it kind of is. Um, but... H.R. Geiger's creepy mother, maybe? Yeah, yeah. yeah. H.R. Geiger, wonderful, uh, wonderfully creative designer with obviously a, a lot of issues during his life, but mm. um, interpreted through this really incredible artwork. And I, I, th- I think it's to a point where you look at it and you go, does this film work without somebody like... Uh, Geiger. a Geiger designing it mm. like like because th- this this I don't think Alien as a film really stands out as being that different from a lot of your um like 50s and 60s almost monster like, things monster yeah. things I mean, you know like the original version of the thing which is the thing from another world uh which was made in 1951 is essentially like a vegetable monster it's like a guy who's kind of like a cross yeah. between a carrot and a cabbage in like a big rubber suit right. if you had that sort of creature in this film is this does this film have the same effect? I don't think that's the no. case. It, it honestly wouldn't. It's um, it was something I was thinking watching it. Is I've been watching a lot of mystery science theater, so I've been watching a lot of horrible mm. monster films. Um, films like you know Stephen and I, I got him into it by watching Reptilicus, which is the first one in the new season. Mm. There's also things like um, oh, I can't think of any off the top of my head at the moment. But, but these really these designs which don't hold up mm. in a modern viewing and arguably didn't really hold up at the time. Yeah, no, it, it was a very much a suspension of disbelief to start with that the monster was even there. Um, it, it kind of makes me think, this is going a bit weird, but of um, just of Power Rangers, even as a little kid watching it mm. when it was the guys in the suits fighting and they were gigantic, yeah. like the robots and the megazords. As a kid, you still kind of knew that it was just shot from a certain angle to make it look like that. Like you always, it takes you out even further and it probably happened with them too. You just have to go out and then you have to accept. So it's like, this mm. is all we can do at the moment. It's, yeah, because I think with the creature, we, we were saying about how when it's, um, when there's an effect that is um, disguising the view or like, you know, uh, making strobe lights. Like, and like the strobe smoke. lights or smoke or steam or just dimly lit. Um, or you get close-ups of the head and with mm. the little tiny mouth popping out. Mm. It's very, very ominous and very scary. Mm. And then you lose a little bit of that. I, I think when you do see the seven-foot guy yeah. in the suit, in the there are, there's a couple of scenes where you see the, you see the full costume and you go, eh. There is, yeah, the there is something about when you get too close, you start... I always feel like people... Well, yeah, you can kind of tell what's meant to look alive. 
Mm. And even shots of the close-up of the mouth, you can yeah. tell it's somebody just pushing on a stick to make it yeah. come out. It doesn't feel like it's moving because of musculature yeah. as well. Yeah, and it's, it's interesting because obviously, they, I mean, first of all, they, they had a hard time finding somebody that was the right proportions <laughs> to fit into the suit because the, 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 the actor they got to play... Uh, the Xenomorph, uh, it was a Nigerian graphic artist called um, uh, Balaji Badejo. Um, he um, was seven foot one. He's reading that off a page, by I, the way. Yes. He doesn't know that. No, I, uh, no I've done I some I mean, research. yes, he does. He does know it. <laughs> so oh, I've just ruined yes. it. <laughs> no, it's, it's all good. No, everyone's aware that this is not I, I Know Films. This is Stephen Hughes' IMDb. That's, <laughs> everyone's aware of that. But, um, but yeah... Um, Mr. Badejo um, was... Mr. Badejo. Yeah, that's well to you. Have, have you been a xenomorph? No. No, I really um, haven't. Yeah, he was seven foot one uh, in height and he had very skinny arms. And it was someone from the creative team uh, in pre-production just went to a pub and saw him in there and went, perfect, you're exactly what we want. And so they brought in this guy. And um, yeah, like obviously it's tricky to make something look... Uh, something like a design of H.R. Geiger work in the real world mm-hmm. with, with, with costumes and things like that. And I think the the only showing select like snippets of the costume, like specific bits, like you never see the xenomorph full like front on. Yeah. It's always obscured by something, whether it's a lighting well, effect or there's a lot of smoke. the head, which is... I the think, scariest bit. Which is the, yeah, it's terrifying. But then it's funny with that design because when you get to aliens and you get further on technology they start and moving design more, gets... Yeah. You do see more of the creature and mm. there is more suspension of disbelief that there's someone in that suit because yeah. I, I have vivid memories of aliens and actually seeing the creature and you've got that wonderful shot with the big when she's in the big yellow suit and the yeah. alien head coming um but i still th- i still think there was enough terror in that creature mm. in that mm. the design and the dripping well, and yeah. the it's a bit like and jaws the- and the wampa in um, empire strikes back mm. in the original empire strikes back um you did not see the whole monster that had taken Luke at the beginning That's of right. Empire Strikes Back and yeah. hung him upside down. Yeah. Mostly because, one, that scene was only put in because Mark Hamill got into a car accident and they wanted to explain like his little his scars face, and marks. Yeah. Mm. So they um, threw him out there to have that because mm. it is completely inconsequential when you watch it. Yeah. But it's, it's, but, but it's also world building. It's world building. Sense. They just sell it as world building. Yeah. So, yeah. And it, I, I think it is interesting and like obviously they really thought about in terms of the design like the the addition of things like the 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 drippy saliva they've made mm. it come yeah. alive with like, those things like, and it's really simple because it's just basically doused in ky jelly that's all that yeah. is but, but the, it works it really really it works. almost feels like that should be something that gaga would have put in as well not yeah, yeah, thinking about the phallicness of yeah. the monster but the, it was—it's also the design of the face hugger as well. Oh, the face hugger! Yeah, like, yeah. Face the face hugger is probably the, the move, best looking. thing The in movement it. of that of the face hugger is so. Mm. Um, you know, that felt so natural. reptilian. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, that that was one of the parts where I said like sometimes you sit there going, "This isn't feeling natural. Like it's not moving like its musculature should." Mm, but that and one you see really that does. especially with um, Planet of the Apes, um, the newest ones. Yeah, they really made sure that it isn't human movement under there like it moves how... like, like, like they move like simians yeah they move like simians because simians have completely different musculature yeah right. like that had a very different musculature and how it moved and that comes to another point i'd written down which is about the look of the alien it does keep changing because if you go into it knowing there's an alien first off it's the little face hugger face hugger yeah um, and then it's a little tiny thing and you think it might be like mm. just kind of come out and then it's huge by yeah. the end of it i don't know what it fed off to actually get that bit. It was full of uh, the goodness of uh, John, John Hurt. Hurt. John Hurt. Yeah. And uh, John Hurt, I, I just wanted to, <laughs> to, to, to touch on briefly um, because obviously... He fed uh, on his talent, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was basically. And, you know, we, we, we did lose John Hurt at the start of this year, mm. which was very sad. Yeah. Um, but, you know, he, he has left behind a really remarkable legacy. But this is kind of where it kicks off in terms of his film career. Mm. Before this, he'd, he'd done lots of things did, like... Did he, um, where was the Elephant Man? This is af- uh, after this. Oh, yeah, really? it's, it's a couple. It's about, the elephant man was. For, yeah, you always feel like that was his first. Yeah, the, well, that, that's what he was uh, got a lot of award nominations for, and that's it was when the elephant man. Yeah, when he first became sort of like critically aware. Um, but yeah, he'd he'd been Quentin Crisp in the uh, the Naked Civil Servant uh, in the UK, and he was also in the BBC TV series. Was that High Ten Rillington? He hmm? was in Ten Rillington Place as well. Oh, that's in British. That's a British one, isn't he? In the one about the the killer. Uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I'd have to look that look up. It up right? mm-hmm. Yes, uh, but he was also in the BBC TV series I Claudius as Caligula. Oh that, yes, yeah. he was, and yes. that that was a big deal as well. Um, 
Yeah, he he was in uh, Midnight Express before this. Then obviously came Alien, and then yeah, David Lynch's El- uh, The Elephant Man, Man is nineteen eighty. So yeah, I thought so. I thought after. it was after. And then of course he then goes on and does nineteen eighty four Scandal and uh, his greatest work, uh, The Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Oh, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> but he, but in this film, um, I, I think he does a really. It ruined a lot of British actors that film. Yeah. Well, like him, um, Ray Winston. Ray Winston. I was going to say Ray Stevenson, but no, Ray Winston. Yeah, but the um, yeah, it, he he did a really good job in this film. Um, John Hurt always kind of looks a bit sick, and yeah. so that did help. <laughs> but he did a really good job in this film. Um, and I think we should now that we're on John Hurt getting hurt, let's look at the, that chestburster scene because it still mm. works. It's amazing. I, I, yeah. I felt like did it work for you as a? It, well, the thing you? is. As much as I've never watched Alien, mm. I have seen that scene. Yeah. You can't not see it. It comes up in, like you know, documentaries about filmmaking, yeah. about like um, bits of other things, or like, even memes tend to have that. And mm. it's like you know when you eat bad food or something like that. Yeah. So there's, I had seen that before, but I think seeing it in its entirety um, kind of helped. Although when the alien ran away. Mm. On its little skateboard, essentially, because yeah. <laughs> it just went straight, like it was on a, um, it was on, literally on L- a rail, like a pull line, yeah, or yeah, something. it was on a pull line or a rail or something, but it felt like it was skating, like it didn't go up and down, yeah, which comes back to that idea of we've looked at, we've started to look at movement and how movement works, yeah. to make things, because now, for instance, yesterday I went and watched Guardians of the Galaxy. There is you don't even think about the fact that that's not actually a rac- like you know, it's a raccoon, yeah, so. Yeah, and it's it's interesting, but the, yeah, rewatching that chestburster scene and just just seeing obviously like the obvious shock because the cast knew that something was going to come out of John Hurt's chest. They just didn't know it was going to be like from a pressurized air cannon filled with blood. blood. I think it was his performance as well. He, yeah, he did a very good job. So with much the performance, pain yeah. in that mm. performance, and then like you can see in their faces this their suspension of disbelief goes out the window. They they actually start emoting and feeling mm. for him and then yeah. all of a sudden blood goes everywhere and some <laughs> weird little freak comes out of his tummy and just ee! yeah instead mm. of hello my baby hello my honey hello my ragtime gal there was one thing they try to force the um the thing spoon. into his mouth yeah. the spoon or then yeah. somebody i think there was something else that parker i think was holding mm. i wonder was... if it was scripted like things like that it make you wonder if they go okay he's gonna yeah. have an attack Mm. And that's all you get, and yeah. then you've got to go from there. I'm I mean, pretty sure they don't try to force things into people's mouths when they're having. Well, stop, stop him biting down on his on his tongue or something mm. like that. Yeah, it's interesting though, because and again in the, the lead up to that, and they're all just having a nice happy breakfast. Like, well, that was weird. You know, you had yeah. a crab on your face. Oh, ah. fresh I, I wonder but, if they scripted. It just looks like well, it's not scripted. A fair bit of it was improvised. The film, yeah, um, like there was scripted lines, but you can kind of see that sometimes, there. especially yeah. when it's um. Yeah. Oh, Parker and the guy with the trucker's cap. Oh, uh, Harry, Harry Dean, Dean Stanton. Harry Dean, yeah, yeah. yeah. We, can't don't, remember. we can't remember his character name. We'll no, just, yeah. This is Harry Dean Stanton. He's, he's HDS. <laughs> yeah, so. okay, yeah. Um, it, there's some some bits of that you sit there just going, that dialogue went nowhere. Yeah. Mm. Like, it just usually ends up with one of them, like, smiling or Most of and... his scenes are like Harry Dean Stanton scenes. He's yeah, just, they just wandered in. Harry, go get the cat. <laughs> and just do whatever. Just do you whatever. Want to oh, do. there's some water here. I'm oh, like, Harry, that's from an effluent uh, pipe. I don't care. Yeah. I'm just going to stand. It's not going to be. It's not going to be fresh because he does treat it like it's <laughs> yeah. water. Yeah. coming down, and mm. you do think that for a bit, and then you just go, "No, we're in space. Mm. That's going to be leaking out of something, and that's probably not like, good. No. Yeah, that's probably an air conditioning vent that you should fix. Yeah, yeah like kind of you're, you're, the, you're the reason that's disease. dripping <laughs> to start with. <laughs> Yeah. So yeah. So yeah. Oh, oh, but yeah. Obviously, he didn't survive. But the thing about the the um, the chestburster scene that I think is really interesting watching it again is watching Ian Holm oh. as Ash, just watching mm. uh, Kane at the whole time, just mm. waiting for something to happen. Yeah. And I just thought that's really interesting. It's really interesting. It's a really great performance from Ian Holm as yeah. well. Yeah. It, mm. it, it really is. There's the um. And going on from there, when we were talking about the eggs and titties yeah. scene, yeah. Um, but the way he throws her around mm. the room because he's not a big man, no. He's, no, she's she towers over him. Mm. But he, there is the way they've choreographed that is quite phenomenal. Where mm. he, there's he's so strong, yeah. and, and she he, is she's throwing herself as well. You yeah. can see is, there's but, parts but, where but he'd throw it down and she'd go a little but bit you further go up. Go with it and believe yeah. that he is actually throwing her. Yeah. And also the way he almost looks like he's having a fit yeah, over yeah, it. Like he is almost like well, he's breaking if, down. He is because yeah. there's yeah. that little bit of um, that sweat, and he is, he literally is, looks more Milk like. Sweats. 
yeah, he's a, he's someone not in control, which you know is much more human than alien. Like, yeah, um, there is also that one bit where he kind of comes with karate chop action yeah. at Parker <laughs> um, when his head's come off. Yeah, um, when he's obviously just wrestling a dummy with the hands, very yeah, as I said, karate very straight, chop, karate yeah. chop action. Yeah, yeah. and um, that was a little funny, but. But yeah, it's it's great, and it was also like I think the great thing is he had very rapid movements, and then he just go back to a neutral position yeah. very mm. quickly. It's phenomenal. And yeah, it was wonderful because he wasn't breathing heavily or anything like because he's he's an android; he doesn't yeah. need to. But the yeah. fact they were able to get that performance out of him, I think, is what really sold it. Mm. And then, of course, you have the um, the head in the covered in milk and all that stuff. Oh, it's just the most be such you'd be so pissed off yeah. as an actor if someone went <laughs> this is gonna put yeah. the milk it spit it out as soon as you need to yeah. start talking oh yeah. man but it was really great like a really and like that was a really great visual effect and this mm. film had so many things that just made you buy into the idea which yeah. i think then makes you buy into the fear the yeah. fear of this thing like when they're walking around the corridors and trying to suss out what's happening it makes you genuinely a bit frightened mm. um watching it or at the very least apprehensive because <laughs> That they are not equipped to deal with this situation. No. Um, yeah, so it was. I, I really enjoyed that. I also loved uh, the John Hurt missile. Um, <laughs> where, you know, yeah. they they hold this like you know, okay, John Hurt's dead. We're gonna throw Kane into space. And normally, when we see things, it's like a nice soft. They drift out. Like for people who watched uh, 2001 a couple of weeks ago, there is a character who dies in space, and they just sort of slowly drift away. Yeah. But in this, nope, it just shot a Air John Hurt shaped missile. And then it started spinning over itself oh, yeah. as well, yeah. which was like, oh, there's it some, yeah. there's what some air your, pressure on that. What was that. your note for that? It, I just had John Hurt missile. And yeah. I had uh, discharge hurt hilarious. <laughs> yeah, but the thing is, like, because obviously there's nothing in space to slow him down, so even now Kane's he's, body is yeah. flipping through space. Flipping, goes yeah. going, woo, oh, he's probably woo. hit a satellite or two. Yeah. No, he probably hasn't no knowing space. Yeah. But... Probably left a crater somewhere. <laughs> Somewhere yeah. over the desert. So yeah, him and uh, the xenomorph eventually will we'll catch yeah. up at some point, I'm sure. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was. I really enjoyed um, the, the general just set, the, the the sets that they had in this as well. Yeah. Um, like what what stood out for you guys in terms of the sets? Um, one thing that I um, thought about it is that it's it follows that Star Wars logic of having everything looking quite well lived in. Mm. Older films tended to be well, the future will be clean, so let's make everything clean so it doesn't look like it's been lived in. Even if, um, when you look at Star Wars, even the Death Star looks like it's been lived in because it has been, Um, which would probably be something that if you made it now, you would have made the Death Star clean because it's kind of gone back again. So everything feels very lived in, it feels dirty. The fact that the guy's wearing a trucker's cap in the middle of a spaceship and you still think it's a spaceship is still there. Like, there's Mm. no sun, there's no need to wear a trucker's cap. Um, but he's Harry Dean Stanton. Yeah, I, I don't think he was doing like a um, Marlon Brando, and they just had no, to shoot around. No, he was his just doing weirdness. a Harry Dean Stanton. Mm. Maybe I want to yeah. wear a hat. Yeah, but yeah, it, but it was interesting. Yeah, you, you, that the the ship and the design of it very much informed mm. that like the, these people are not equipped for this problem. No. Yeah, and it was really interesting seeing that they, with the exception of Ripley, of course all die very quickly and yeah. very horrifically because they just don't know how to deal with this. Well, they panic. Like Veronica Cartwright, she's panicking. Yeah. She yeah. doesn't know what to do. I like the idea. I think saying that it's it's set looks lived in is really perfect because mm. it's a mining vessel and mm. so there's like... They're truckers. Yeah, it's grubby. It's, it, mm. it is grubby and it's going to fall apart and he's going to fix it by smacking it with a hand. Like the idea that they've been doing this job for quite a long time and they're back and forth in space, but it's it's just part of life now. Um, I think that really adds to it. Like it's not the ship's probably dated mm. in itself. It's not. Yeah, it's an old ship. Although the shape of the ship as well was something that I found quite odd. Like it's not. It's built from what I kind of saw is it's kind of got four towers in it. Mm. it kind of come down like almost like if you imagine a square with kind of four towers in each corner kind of like a table with legs yeah a table with legs almost flipped up very Mm. stocky in that way as well um so kind of makes it look a bit like a like a city ship which you see in a lot of things now um uh firefly serenity had them like this idea of like people live in it which Mm. is all for it to be so big but so isolated which i think is kind of the point at the same time you're Mm. it's this huge area and you they at the same time as it's huge there's so many places for it to hide and there's so few for you. So yeah. it kind of adds to that mm. scariness. But also it doesn't feel so... Um, 
feels a bit less human made, I guess. Maybe that's looking at it from modern standpoints. We kind of see how we feel like people are going to make ships in the future for us. Yeah. Which is kind of based on what we've done. So and at that point, we hadn't really done much. Like the, the, the look of the shuttle, like shuttles tend to look now like the space shuttles that we had. Yeah. Um, so that was a little, I guess, jarring for me as well, mm. that it didn't feel as much, um, like I felt like human ships tend to be more practical and blocky. Yeah. And this one was like, had this kind of weird build to it that didn't totally make sense. Like if it was essentially a truck, which is essentially a square on wheels with some legs mm. pulling and two other big squares. Yeah. Like it didn't really have that feel. You said that it was a bit like a semi in terms of how it broke off, went down to the planet and then came back. Essentially, yeah. I mean, it, mm. it was it was just carrying materials because mm. um, they, they were miners. They were bringing back the, their haul. Like one of the things they talk about when they first land on the, um, the moon... Uh, where they find the the xenomorph and the eggs and the uh, space jockeys is they talk about the coal that's present within yeah. the moon and they say it's too deep down to get so but you know they're, they're very much approaching that whole thing as miners and it's only until um something happens to kane until he gets attacked that the situation changes mm. and they, they have to go into this whole different mode um so yeah uh tegan did you have any additional points that you'd like to make um i guess it's my main thought that i came out of it with was this whole idea of female and male and just Mm. i I know we talked a bit about it when we talked about the design of the alien Alien. but i still just get this feeling that she is it's a she it's the I, i love that there's so much uh strength to the female characters yeah. in the film mm. um because i don't you know I, I know that's become quite a hot topic now yeah. for films and things now but it's really lovely to see that like happen. the genders of certain things yeah are. Mm. and even things like there's just like there's corsetry on all of their costumes there's yeah. all of these little bits and pieces which seem to all tie in this idea that this alien um is a female is a mother there's mother as well in the ship. Yeah. Um, she is this like femininity in her, in, in her character design. But there's also masculinity. But that's as well. it. There yeah. is. There's armor and there's fierceness and there's a big phallic, phallic mouth that yeah. comes out. Yeah. The head is with, a gigantic phallic. Yeah. Thing, so but a... it's meant to. I, I remember it's meant to also look like um, a vulva as well. Mm. Like I remember reading oh, about okay. it. It's meant to look like a mix of female and male genitalia. Yeah. And, and Geiger, uh, for those who haven't seen H.R. Geiger's work, was very uh, genital heavy yes. in terms of his themes. He, 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 he was big on phallic imagery and when giving the designs to the film executives, obviously these are, you know, 20th Century Fox film executives <laughs> in the 70s, they go, yeah, can we have a bit less dicks in this please, <laughs> essentially? Um, and yeah, it, but it is interesting how much that comes through and also like the deliberate choice, like when the Ridley Scott was chosen to direct it, uh, choices he made, like for example, Ripley was uh, originally intended to be a male character. Mm. The characters were all written uh, with, you know, the mindset that you could switch the genders and it wouldn't matter. It was about getting the seven best um, actors for the roles. Which is excellent mm. and not yeah, common. But, but Ridley Scott came in. The only one that they were kind of sure on was making Ripley a male. And Ridley <laughs> Scott came in and went, actually, no, I think Ripley needs to be female. Mm. And think about the franchise that that's continued on with this, yeah. with this Ripley character. Mm. It would have been more boring had Ripley been Absolutely. a man too. Yeah. Like it yeah. would have gone back to being like... Mm the horrible movies that I've been watching. Yeah, and, yeah. and like the same thing with um, with John Hurt being the first victim because it, there was a lot of like underlying themes of like one of the things that I think made Alien really uh, impactful was obviously there's a lot of like underlying uh, sexual themes. Yeah. And one of the things is, is male rape. You don't often see a male character literally just get penetrated like that yeah, in that way get an egg and, and, him, and get be a, vulnerable yeah yeah and and be you know ultimately killed by that action and i think that is one of the reasons why this film stands out as well i think they were very aware of that in and i and that's it. where i wonder what came first like if that came first and then it just um added all this other context to mm. the ship being called mother you know to them referring to the central intelligence's mother mm. to the some of the designs that they have um you know to this almost like a sensuality to everything that's going on. I wonder if that came first or if Ripley being recast as a, as a female, female came yeah. first. What well, came first, the xenomorph or the egg? Oh, the egg. Yeah. ding <laughs> Oh, dear. <laughs> Sorry, that was... Um, 
had a point now. I've kind of half. That's okay. <laughs> but yeah, the, the um, yeah, I thought those those designs were really interesting. Just on the casting, um, mm. the obviously IMDb is full of all these actors were considered for this role. Oh, they always have that. It's yeah. always a pile of. Who was considered? Yeah. Well, Tom I, Selleck probably. I, he I, always is. I just picked out my favourite. Um, that the role of Captain Dallas was turned down by Harrison Ford. Oh. Which would have been a very different. I'm surprised thing. he did because he didn't have much going for him at that point. He, he just done Star Wars though. True, yeah. but probably at this point, a film in Star Wars might not have even been out. True, but he might have been getting read. No, this was a year after. Um, this was yeah, released that, two years after. Two years up. So no, it was, it was so, 78, wasn't it? Yeah, it was filmed in. It filmed in 78. So it was filmed. Oh, filmed and released in the same released year. Released in 79. Filmed in 78. Oh, so okay. so he would already be like, oh, this Star Wars thing worked out. That's mm. nice. And I think he would have been going into the Indiana Jones films around that mm. time as well. First one was 80, I'm pretty sure, So was Raiders. Yeah, so he, he could have... been negotiations yeah, he, then. He yeah. could have done it, but he turned it down. And I think that would have made it very interesting because um, then it would have been, it's oh, look, here's, different here's Harrison Ford in another award-winning <laughs> science fiction science franchise. Yeah. Um, and Sigourney Weaver um, was chosen ahead of Meryl Streep was the was mm. the other actress. They were about the same age. They were two actresses that um, Ridley Scott really liked when they tested. Well, that really hurt her career. Yeah, mm. Meryl Streep never recovered from. I know. <laughs> but can you imagine Meryl Streep delivering "Get away from her, you bitch"? <laughs> oh, it'd be great. Um, well, mind you, more importantly, you'd probably start seeing like Sigourney Weaver in all the other roles. Yeah, Sigour- Sigourney Weaver <laughs> as, uh, as Margaret Thatcher. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so yeah, some really, really fun things there. Um, mm. So it's ultimately though, did we enjoy the film? Yes. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So as, yes, as, as a first time viewer, was it an enjoyable viewing? It was. It was. It um, reminded you of how old it was every mm. now and then, as much as it would suddenly remind you how new it was at the same time. Like there'd be some things. The music, especially, was a bit. Or just um, just saying before that certain decades had certain sounds, even with their classical sound. So lots of drums, lots of I think bassoons, mm. and um, very like to make things sound bad. Which which doesn't we've kind of bassoons don't sound like space anymore. We've kind of yeah. decided spaces is mostly violins, yeah, um, and harps and very plucky kind of far traveling things. So every now and then like that kind of hit you or the way it moved sometimes even just shots that they just missed that audience would have forgiven back then because we do that as well Mm. if you ever get the chance and go back in about 2000 2002 um the lord of the rings was such a big thing and i remember watching that with people going oh you know digital effects are going to get better and people say oh we feel like they've kind of reached a peak Mm. they really haven't reached a peak um, then, because we go back and watch that, going, oh, there's you occasionally see that something. Forgave that, yeah, yeah. Mm. like ways certain characters like jumped, mm. like they never, they didn't, hadn't worked out jumping totally there because they hadn't gotten the idea of how weight totally worked with mm. things. Um, now they've gotten it a lot more, so they can do that. But even then, um, you can still see there. There will be things that we're going to look back on in our films from now. And go, oh, how did they ever forgive that? But yeah. we forgave a lot. Like, there's some really bad CGI in Lord of the Rings. Well, yeah. I don't think that... I I don't know if there's too much to forgive in this film. I mm. Apart I think when he's when you see from behind the big alien, I think that's <laughs> clearly... No, that's a, that's a giant man in a suit. Yeah, that, 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 yeah, because we don't actually see Dallas getting killed. We just see this alien go, give me a hug! And yeah, because yeah, all he does is put his arm yeah, out. Yeah, but that's that was, right. He doesn't go at him. It is literally more of a... Those and those things. But that was, that, I think that was an effective and clever choice because that left it to your imagination of, yes. of how Dallas died. Whether he was hugged or not. All, all you know is that, well, yeah, he could, <laughs> could have just had a nice cuddle and that was that. But, mm. but I think, obviously, you know, watching it with your serious hat on and watching it, you're kind of like, oh, and we don't see him get ripped to pieces. But you, no. you can yeah. imagine that and it's arguably and more horrible. I horrifying. just love that. I love and I miss that sort of design this film we're talking about reminds me a lot of the thing as well and the thing has um you know it's it's a bit more effects heavy with that sort of stuff and they are a little they're more telltale than this one but the creature design in this i it it, i feel like there's enough there to to kind of take me out of the fact out of real understanding that that's someone in a Mm. suit it's so uh, i don't yeah i i I I don't feel like I'm I'm removed that much from it. 
Um, okay. I prefer this to CGI. <laughs> okay. I, uh, so Tegan, obviously rewatching it. Um, where does this stand for you in terms of the the other Alien film you've seen, Aliens? Aliens is still my favourite. Okay. I think Aliens. I think taking it into the hands of James Cameron mm. um, is has been really great because yeah. I think he. Um, as uh, much of a misogynist as he is in real life, I think he knows how to handle female characters really well. Yeah. He, as long as that woman is on celluloid, he knows. What yeah, to do. yeah, and yeah. and refers to him as James Cameron, um, yeah. and you know all that sort of stuff. Yeah, as long as that woman is not standing next to him or, or married, married to, to him, him, yeah, <laughs> he um he really knows. It's fascinating because mm. he's so good with his strong female characters, and he's so good with. Uh, sequels as yeah. well. We talked about Terminator 2, Two a lot today yeah. with Linda Hamilton as yes. the most badass woman ever. Yeah. And Ripley, she goes from, like, she's just a player in she's this film. normal. The, like, there's not yeah. a much of a strong female but she, ro- badass no, no. role model. She's, she's resourceful, but she's very much, like, just been thrown into a world she has no experience mm. for and is just about surviving and the skin of her teeth. And the thing is, with this, she's she's quite a dull character. She mm. wants to play by the rules. She wants to do things. She's third officer, man. Like, she, yeah, when everyone else dies, she's in charge. And then she realises she's not. And she's sulky about it. Like, there's nothing about her character in this, aside from the fact she survives. It's the actual storyline in this film that's really interesting. Mm. And mm. then, for Jane, for in Aliens, when yeah. they take her... And they build this whole story around her being betrayed and her having to go through this all again reluctantly. They just, it's so cool. It's mm. such a great jump um, in in plot, uh, with but using this this really cool character. Mm. Yeah. So I think Aliens. It's nice to have the the point of this point of reference. Mm. But as far as um, fun and character go, I love Aliens. Yes, and for you, Jason, obviously you've seen Alien and Prometheus. Mm-hmm. Which do you think you prefer? <laughs> Well, I wasn't going to say Prometheus because I didn't really particularly like Prometheus. <laughs> um, in terms of how hey, you said there are some issues with um, James Cameron, the guy who um, wrote the script or rewrote the script rather after Ridley Scott had kind of done it as very much similar to Alien. If you guys ever get around to Prometheus and those of you who have watched it at home, it's not a good film because it... Damon Lindelof is famous for being one of the executives on Lost. Yes. Right. Specifically the part where Lost got lost. Yeah. Right. Where more questions were raised than, than answers. answers yeah. But not given. in the good Arthur C. Clarke um, kind of like, ooh, what, what, what is the nature of man kind of way. Just yeah. in a, what? we don't know what to just do. Just why what? does the statue have four toes instead of five? That's just dumb. Yeah, dumb things. And yeah. so there's so many points where you could go, well, no, had you, had you put more of a alien feel into it or an alien into it that would have made more sense or had you simplified this answer rather than going to point b well kind of to point a4 to point a5 to point b rather than going from point a to point b yeah like you've got to go around in a really bad way Mm. it would have solved a lot of issues with prometheus so alien better than prometheus oh god yeah 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 but controversial opinion yeah no it isn't it really isn't (laughs) Um, Prometheus has, um, yeah, so much more issues going with it, but having watched Alien now, I can see where a lot of, like, the beginning scene of everybody waking up and yeah. John getting up first, there's homages to that they're doing it again. As a quick question, because I haven't seen any of the other Aliens apart from that, mm-hmm. um, there is, and playing around with the idea of, as you were saying, about penetration and things like that with the thing that comes out of the mouth mm. and the... Face hugging face going down yeah. the throat. Um, they never really show that. Like they don't show someone's head getting really knocked in and going through with that. Does that come up in any of the other aliens where you really get to properly see it? Because usually what happens is you see it go forward and then you see some kind of blood and the head move or not like even a, the head move like away. Like a jump cut. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, it's not even a jump cut. Like it usually tends to just be then a cut of red yeah. Yeah. and then away. So you never like you see it come at you and then the person's dead. Do you ever really ever see it go through the skull or is that I can't remember I do remember the scene where uh, Roy Schneider gets ripped into Mm. in Aliens which is very graphic Mm -hmm. but he is an android so uh, spoilers Oh, it doesn't matter. It, yeah. They tell you right at the start. Um, yeah. Okay, but, not like with Ian Holm, where no, I was no. going, why aren't they treating him like yeah, a robot? Yeah. This, this, this guy's an She gets really angry because yeah. he cuts his finger and she sees that it's clear and then um, Ripley cracks it because she She's sees them as bad, bad guys. experience, yes. yeah. Um, and I remember that being quite violent mm. um, and quite fascinating. Mm. 
Um, yeah. With um, in speaking of the aliens, well, not the aliens, the robots in Aliens. Um, David is the name of the robot in, um, which is played by Michael Fassbender. Hmm. Um, another point about the bad treatment of women, unfortunately. So, <laughs> hooray! Um, yeah, yeah. Um, never meet your heroes. Um, he in that is, um, he does that. He is very much does exactly what Ash does. But by the end of the film, she actually picks him up and goes, "All right, you're coming with me." And he talks about how he was worried about her because essentially his program is focused on this way, but without certain things, he just goes back to being good. Mm. Okay. Um, so she, basically at the end of the film, the, the, the not Ripley character, yeah, played by Numi Rapace? Uh... I was going to say Rooney Mara, but no, it's, I always get those two confused. Even though they're not really that similar. Anyway, the not Ripley. Um, the not Ripley yeah, and Ripley. the not Ian Holm. Mm. Um, they go off together. So... Right. And they've even released film of it. And then David as a robot is going to be... There's going to be two Davids, essentially, in this next film as well. Right. There's going to be one that is following one crew, the Covenant crew, and then there's probably going to be this Prometheus one as well. Right, okay. So we'll get to see the the effect that the experiences of the Prometheus David, um, how that has changed him from his sort of core... Yeah, the the stock standard iPhone... David. Yeah. And going mm. as opposed to the jailbroken David. You, yeah. You know, you're talking about the violence and the, you know, the. Yeah. I think we're going to see that in the next one. I've heard oh, yeah. You very, will see very some, graphic. You'll probably also see a face hugger literally going down someone's I'm so excited. As well. Ooh, lovely. And it seems, and again, like just and having only seen the advertisements from it for it, uh, it looks like they're still going with that real sensuality as well. There's, I know there's going to be... In Prometheus, be, they have it as well. Yeah, um, yeah, which, it's space, man. Like, I it, I don't think it's, um, there's anything wrong with combining that sort of, that sort mm. of sexual element with um, space and just yeah. gr- gruesome. I, I love, I'm so excited. Mm. So, <laughs> so excited. Uh, to finish off, uh, mm. let's score the film. Uh, and I don't mean with the soundtrack, I mean just <laughs> out of town. But I got my bassoon out. Yeah. Well, she does do the dirt dirt There we go. But um, yes, we, 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 we've been attempting to score the films, even though we all acknowledge that, you know, it's an opinion-based thing to try and apply <laughs> a numerical value to uh, something that is essentially a piece of artistic work is uh, difficult, but we do it anyway. So, right. uh, Tegan, uh, out of out of ten, uh, what would you give Alien? I will give it seven and a half out seven of ten, I think. Yes. Okay. I but- think there's a lot of... I, I do agree that there's a lot of historical merit to the film. Mm. Um, and, that, and that warrants... And that comes across. Like, yes. it almost felt like it knew that it was going to be important. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, it was interesting. Tom Skerritt, uh, halfway through the production, tried to renegotiate his contract so he would receive half a percentage point of all the money the film made. Because obviously this it. is... It, Which this... is an important thing to do yeah. these yeah. days. I don't think he got it. But it, this was... Um, yeah, and this was like literally a year after everyone had seen George Lucas get super rich off Star yeah. Wars. So. Yeah. And after merchandise. Yeah. And, and I then think Robert Downey Jr. has done that with the Avengers. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, I think I think obviously they, they making it, they knew this was going to be a really good film. Yeah, but he got to be on picket fences. So That's that was true. fine. So you know, he, yeah, he did all right. And Swings he was, and roundabouts do. And he was in Top Gun. Yeah, he, he, yeah. he was all good. Um, but more importantly, <laughs> picket then, fences. Yeah. And then Obviously. 1990 rocked around, so... Yes. <laughs> uh, Jason, out of 10, what would you give Alien? Oh, I would give it a... Probably an 8. An 8? Mm. Um, I tend to rank things high. Like, my favourite film, I would definitely give a 10. Okay. So, um, I'd probably rank it quite high. So, that probably is almost kind of low in a lot of ways, but I've, maybe because I never watched it as a kid. Mm. There's a lot of personal preference. So, yeah, 8. Okay. Right. And uh, for myself, I... I... Uh, I really enjoyed watching it again. It's been about eight or nine years since I last saw it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I definitely enjoyed it more watching it the second time. Um, I'm not usually a big fan of horror films uh, because I tend to find that the actual stories aren't necessarily the best. Good. But this story wasn't too bad. Um, yeah. And I think mm-hmm. for the set design and the creature design alone, this film should rank highly. Um, I, do, I do think it suffers from being a little bit dated in some respects. Mm. Um, overall, I would probably give it seven pictures of eggs and titties out of ten. Eggs that, and titties. That would be my um, 
that would be my score. So uh, that's basically it. Uh, so just the little bits of housekeeping at the end. Uh, if you have enjoyed this episode, all of our previous episodes are available online. Uh, you can find them at iTunes or at SoundCloud. Uh, you just search for the Cinema Catch-Up Club in those two areas and please click subscribe so you can get a fresh episode every week uh, and we're also available on facebook just search for the cinema catch-up club podcast and you can like us there and suggest films uh, but for now that is everything so uh, until next time bye, bye. you guys actually said bye you're the first people that have joined me because <laughs> every episode so far i've gone by we've sat silently and I've had to go. <laughs> You guys can say goodbye, so thank you very much. Do you want me to say goodbye for the others as well? Uh, Yeah, we'll all do another goodbye. Okay. And goodbye. Goodbye. Bye. That was kind of creepy, actually. (laughs)